All right, quick question. Yes. What's Easter to you? Easter to me. Uh, Easter is my favorite time of year. Why? What do you guys do at your church? You guys do some know, crazy right? stuff I hear about. Well, our church, uh, Easter is preceded by Lent, which I think Muslims can understand because they have a period of fasting that they would call Ramadan. We have a period of fasting that we call Lent, and it's 40 days of fasting leading up to Easter. And Lent is an ancient tradition. Uh, a lot of things happen in Lent. For instance, those who have committed grievous sins uh, that have been excommunicated from the church, they're sort of welcomed back in when they've shown their penitence and that they're serious about their faith. And so that that Lenten period is like a liminal state for uh, people that have done something egregious. Or if there's somebody that wants to be a part of the church, they can sort of show that they're serious about it and they fast during this 40-day period leading up to Easter. But everybody that I've known that done Lent was like, I'm giving up chocolate. That's true. Some people give up chocolate, meat. Uh, dairy. Okay, meat is a little bit more serious, but like that's it could be anything. Uh, nowadays it can be anything. I think historically it was more so food, um, but nowadays it's it's gotten a little bit softer. Um, All right. So you have some people that I've given up sugar. Well, they're really some some people are serious and they have a problem with sugar. Some people are like, man, it's springtime. I'm gonna get in the bathing suit, give us sugar. <laughs> So, you know, who knows? Who knows? Okay, that's all good. But there's one thing that happens in your church that I am so jealous about. Yeah, so we're serious about Lent now. (laughs) Uh, You know, Lent begins with Ash Wednesday. You put ashes on your head, remind you that from dust you were created and to dust you return. Uh, This is also something that Muslims would, you know, understand and agree with, you know, that Adam was created from from dirt and to dirt we all return. Um, and then you have this uh, 40-day period where you're fasting um, from, you know, sometimes chocolate, sometimes food, sometimes something bigger than that. Um, and then Friday is Good Friday. We remember the death of Jesus and him going into the grave. And then Saturday we have something called the Easter Vigil. And it is, like, exciting. Um, okay, okay, I'm excited. First of all, it begins with an Easter egg hunt, right? Saturday morning, you got to have your Easter egg hunt. For real? Yeah, we paint, okay. you know, Easter eggs and kids, nice little picnic. But then Saturday okay. night, Saturday night, we get together. What happens? The room is dark, <laughs> right? Okay. And there's a candle lit. And whenever there's sort of the announce that uh, the light of Christ, you know, like the Jesus has risen from the grave, we have something. I don't know if I can even pronounce it right. The the ten tam, the ten ten abulation, the ten ten abulation. Great word. It's a onomatopoeia, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. That yep. Ten ten, and it is literally like an explosion of sound. My kids are so thrilled about this. They like <laughs> think about it all day. Like, what can I bring? that will make the most annoying racket possible (laughs) because this is your one opportunity in church to be as loud and obnoxious as you can possibly imagine. So for instance, last year, uh, my kids brought, uh, like these 10 coffee kettle things and they filled them with like pennies. Oh, so you can imagine they're just running around. Uh, you've got people with horns, trumpets, what everything you can imagine. Whistles. I think I brought a duck call one year or something like (laughs) that. Okay, so there's a candle, and then what? They say, one, two, three, let's do this? 
Oh, it's all liturgical, so you know, like you're building up for it, right? There's some readings and some things happening, and like the kids are just in their chairs, like <laughs> chomping at the bit, like when is it? When is it? When is it? And then you're like telling them, and the whole time you hear people like dropping the things that they brought to make noise, like oh, and the kids are getting restless, and it's kind of like building up. Uh-huh. But when it's time, and, and you only know from the liturgy, right? Like something is said, and you know, then it just says the ten ten tabulation, and in parentheses Ooh. it says the great noise. And then there's just an eruption, and it happens. The whole church. The whole church. Everyone brings this stuff. Yes. Wow. Okay, why? (laughs) Why make all that noise? Because Christ has risen from the grave, and there's like an explosion of celebration. It's like the coolest moment for me in the whole year. And that's the ending of Lent. Yeah, Lent is over. The fast is over. Christ is no longer in the grave. He has risen. Wow. So, okay. And then after that, we have a big party. I was going to say, is, is, is that when like everybody starts eating sugar and chocolate again? Yeah, mostly. <laughs> no, we, we, we have more of a service after that. But then afterwards, there's like, all, you know, you know, chocolate and everything out on the everybody's eating and having a great time. And yeah, it's just a big celebration. We're entering into a new season. It's like, uh, you know, we're just excited and we're no longer remembering our own sinfulness. We're no longer uh, sort of remembering our need for salvation. Now we're celebrating that we've received salvation. We've received Christ. He is risen and we need to live a resurrection life in light of that. It's exciting. So cool. Uh, well, today we're going to be talking about Easter. Yeah. Islam. Yep. And uh, and the things that they have in common, things they have. Uh, well, different. I think I think that there's a lot of speculation when it comes to Easter. I've heard it said that um, you know, with the cross, there is no Islam, and then I've also heard without the cross, there is no Christianity. So this is one of those topics that doesn't really get talked a lot about with Muslims and Christians. It's almost like, well, okay, we can't talk about this because it's so controversial, right? If you take away the death and resurrection of Jesus, you have no Christianity. But if you have a death and resurrection of Jesus, there is no Islam. And I think that we're missing a huge part of history when we do that. Well, stay tuned to find out. Muslims, Christians, and and the the zombie zombie apocalypse. Muslims, Christians, and the zombie apocalypse. And the zombie apocalypse. All right, what do you got for us today, Trevor? All right, this is our Easter show. So, you know, actually, Jesus is not really that much of a controversial figure when it comes to Muslims and Christians. There's a lot that they can talk about when it comes to Jesus, because Jesus in Islam is a prophet from God. Right. And he has performed miracles. Right. Uh, He was born of a virgin. Yeah, right. And he gave sight to the blind. Wow. Wow. There's uh, a lot more in common than I thought. Go ahead. Uh, He cleansed lepers. Wow, okay. Uh, He will return on the Day of Judgment. Yes, that's always always a surprising one for me. And so there's all of these things that happen in the Quran that sort of correspond with the Bible, but there's this one issue, and it's kind of a big deal. I was going to say... If it's that one issue that I'm thinking of, it's It's a big deal. (laughs) It's the cross. So it's the the death, and, and... for the most part, Muslims uh, would wholeheartedly disagree with the death of Jesus, and therefore, by implication, there would be no resurrection. So we got to talk today about the differing views, even within Islam, regarding Jesus and the cross, because it's Holy Week, it's Easter, so right. we got to have that conversation. I think too often we find 
points of contradiction and we're unwilling to talk about them. It's like, well, let's just get together. But this is a pretty big deal. And I think uh, it's better if we hold some distinctives and also be able to talk about them each with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was something you said in the intro. Can I ask this question now? There's this thing that you asked that you said in the intro that without the cross, there's no Christianity. And I get that. Right, right. I mean, that's but, Paul in the New Testament. If right, Christ yeah. you know, did not every, did not raise from the dead, then we every Christian would agree with that. Yeah, but sure. The one thing I didn't understand was the the flip side with the Muslims. With if Muslim if uh, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, if Christ died, there would be no Islam. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree. Okay, okay, good. Because I, I wasn't so sure where that you know what that was coming from so yeah a lot of my muslim friends would you know wholeheartedly disagree with me they'd say well we don't actually believe jesus died on the cross they believe something else but they don't feel like that because i believe christ died and raised from the dead that somehow we can't still talk you know what i mean yeah i think in some ways it's it's a kind of a leftover debate that goes on like you know this is the step this is the dividing line where we can no longer uh engage in discussion there have been prophets that have died obviously muhammad right and then everybody else in the old testament Right. Right. So Jesus not dying, what is the significance of that? Because God could simply bring him or Allah could bring him back. Sure. Right. And that that is the belief system. I guess the, uh, you know, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus being so central to the Christian faith, uh, accepting the death and resurrection of Jesus in the Islamic faith would almost uh, sort of. I'm assuming from the Muslim perspective, dissolve some important distinctives because oh, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. not just central part of our historical faith. That's a central part to our salvation story. Right. So that would mean like Christianity's right. That's I think how it would be implied, but there's something interesting to discuss here. This hasn't always been the case. Wait, 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 what do you mean? So early Muslim commentators, and they have commentaries, just like Christians have commentaries, they're called tafsir. The early tafsir, and some pretty important ones, including guys like Tabari, uh, Razi, um, we'll put them in the show notes. There's a yeah, couple. I'm just going to trust you on those names, so I agree. <laughs> we'll put them in the show notes. They looked at the relationship of Jesus and his uh, sort of departure from earth with a couple different options. Even a extremely conservative uh, sometimes even r- radical ideas that come from a guy named Saeed Kutub who wrote a pretty extensive commentary. Milestones. He, yeah, well, no, his commentary is something... Right, he yeah. wrote Milestones. His, even in his commentary, <laughs> he sees so much ambiguity that he's unwilling to suggest what exactly happened to Jesus. Oh. So I think we should start with the Quran and what does the Quran actually say regarding the... Uh, Death absence and resurrection. Well, I was going to say death and resurrection for you, but for Muslims, the taking away of Jesus from the earth to the heavenlies, because he is still alive. He's never been crucified. Yeah, for yeah, most yeah. of our Muslim friends, that's what they would say. Yeah, so interested right now. What? What? So, what does it say? Okay, so the first sort of reference we have is in Surah three, uh, fifty-five, and it says, "Allah says, O Jesus, I will take thee and raise thee to myself." And so that's sort of the first reference about God raising Jesus up. Now. Let me start by saying that most of my Muslim friends take one of two uh, positions when it comes to Christ on the cross, because they don't disagree that there was a crucifixion. Oh, okay. Like, most of my Muslim friends accept the fact that there was a historical day where a man named Jesus was supposedly crucified. Somebody was crucified, like it states in the Bible, but they don't believe it was Jesus, and they take one of two positions to explain this. Okay. First position is called the substitutionary position. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I've heard this. So there's the idea that as Jesus is being uh, whipped and, and being led to 
the place where he's going to be crucified, someone is ordered to carry his cross for him, Simon Serene, and that Jesus then kind of switches places with Simon. Ooh, no. And I haven't so, heard that one. Yeah, Simon is crucified in Jesus' place. He takes on the appearance. And this comes from Surah 4, 157, where the Jews boast that they killed the Christ, but they killed him not. It only appeared to be so. And so they say that it appeared as though they were crucifying Jesus, but they were actually crucifying Simon. Oh, that's terrible. Well, for Simon, yeah, I mean, it'd be... Yeah, well, I mean, I've always heard it uh, It could have been Judas Iscariot. That's the other substitution. Oh, okay. So which I think helps, Right, which I think helps with the idea of, wait a second, Simon was crucified wrongly? Like, But some Muslims would say, well, it wasn't Simon that was crucified. It was Judas who took on the appearance of Christ, and they crucified Judas who betrayed Jesus in Jesus' place, and Judas appeared to be Christ. But either way, whoever was the substitute for Jesus, Jesus wasn't crucified in right. these stories, that he was taken up by God and raised from the earth into the heavenlies, and he'll return on the day of judgment. But there's no crucifixion. Okay, so he was he was raised up when he was supposed to be crucified. So he didn't stay on earth for a long time. It wouldn't be like Acts, uh, the end of Acts, where Jesus appears to people. and Or not the end of Acts, the beginning of Acts. So chronology is important because that's another one of the arguments is, okay, so if Jesus was not crucified, somebody else was crucified in his place, then there's the argument of chronology because the Quran is pretty clear that Jesus will eventually die. So this show wouldn't be possible without sponsors. And at this point in the show is where if you want to partner with us, we would put your ad. So if you want to be a part of the show, you, you want like, to partner with us. You like what we're doing. You want to be on our team, what have you. Bring this show to the world. Then email us and let us know. So in Surah 1933, it says, Peace is on me the day I was born. This is Jesus speaking. The day that I die and the day that I shall be raised up to life again. So there's no doubt that there is eventually going to be the death of Jesus. So they have to figure out, okay, so when does this happen? That's why chronology is important. Jesus has a major role in end times theology for Muslims and Christians. When he returns... On the day of judgment, he'll return. He'll uh, someone will ask him to lead the prayers for the Muslims. He'll he won't lead the prayers, but he has a role in actually slaying the. It's called the Dajjal, like the Antichrist. Jesus is going to slay the Antichrist, and after this, he sort of lives a regular life and eventually dies. And so that's the chronological argument: is that Jesus didn't die; he was taken up, but he will eventually die. But that's not until his second coming. Got it. So they got to figure out when he dies, and if they believe that he was taken up, obviously, then he's not dead he didn't die then so he dies after which is kind that's of... just one of the theories oh okay another theory is called uh i guess you would call it like the swoon theory that jesus was crucified but he didn't die he only appeared to have died but he was revived in the coolness of the tomb like it only appeared as though he was dead but really oh. he was asleep and you know, unconscious, and then in the tomb he was revived, and then he went on to live, and that's believed wait, wait. by a smaller position. That's a smaller group of Muslims that would hold to that. Theory. So he was actually crucified, though. In that, in that particular, hmm. that's one of the four options that's given. Okay. So substitution and swooning. 
and chrono- chronological that that Jesus is taken up, but he will eventually die. That, right. That's not talking about then; it's talking about later. Got it. And so the the fourth theory, and this is the one that's not talked about much today, which is clearly an option for the early commentators, is that Jesus literally died and was literally raised from the dead. And so that's that's like mind blowing for a lot of people in the 21st century. They're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. You mean that the early commentators left room for the Christian position of theology when it comes to the death and resurrection of Jesus? And the answer is, yeah. So so how outside of the box is that for someone of uh, a deep Islamic, you know, like intellectual, uh, uh, studied, someone that studied like an expert on Islam? How, how, How out of the box is that for them to believe that? I think it's pretty out of the box today, but they would have no problem... Uh, accepting the fact that that was at least within the box of the early commentators. Early commentators meaning like uh, 10th at, century. The, at the birth of Islam. 10th century and medieval Islam eventually just gets to the point where that's no longer an option. 21st century it's no longer an option but those who have studied and uh. will go back and look and say well this is certainly a possibility. Even Sayyid Qutb says there's so much ambiguity there, he's unwilling to make a position. Wow, even Sayyid Qutb, that's, that's crazy. That's not what uh, I expected at all. And, you know, it comes down to Christ as a beloved figure in Islam, in, in the Quran, and among many Muslims. I mean, he is called the Messiah, right? the Christ. Uh, he's called a sign. He is a word from God. He is a spirit from God. He a is uh, sinless. It says in one of the hadith in Sahih Bukhari that he was born, and he is the only one that Satan did not touch because the placenta protected him from the touch of Satan upon his birth, so he didn't cry out. I mean, Jesus is really upheld um, within the Islamic traditions, and so it's not that they're trying to denigrate Jesus by denying the death and resurrection. Actually, I think the movement away from that was that they didn't want to suggest that a prophet had suffered such a horrible, horrific, you know, death on the cross. Now, when you're talking about the early commentators, what was the feel, if you could, if you know this, um, towards Christians at that point? Because I know that at a certain point, uh, and I don't know if this is just hearsay, but uh, Muhammad had a good relationship with Christians at a certain point. So it goes back and forth throughout history. There are moments where Muslims and Christians are getting along quite well. Sometimes they're even sharing... uh, uh, churches like Church of John of the Baptist was uh, shared by Muslims and Christians. Uh, the Christians met on Sunday, the Muslims met on Friday. So there are moments where there's a great sense of peace and love between the Muslim and Christian community. And then there are moments where there is hostility and violence on both sides. So it's there's not like a, a given, like this is how it's supposed to be, because throughout history it's been varied. Wow. So, okay, with these commentators then. Uh, that that uh, that dissipated. It sounded like what you were saying. That dissipated probably when tensions started to arise between Christians and Muslims. You said the Dark Ages. Yeah, I don't know if that's why it dissipated or not. I'm not really sure. Um, we ought to get a, a Muslim expert to kind of comment on this. Unfortunately, I don't have one on speed dial. Or I'd call him and kind of ask. That's a great question. Why did it? Why did it dissipate? Why did this idea of at least it being a possibility for the death and the resurrection? Uh, become an option i don't i don't really know mm. all right what else needless to say it's not an option today but still i've never got the sense from any of my muslim friends both abroad and here that they're somehow uh angry about my beliefs about jesus they just think i'm wrong 
they're, they're still okay with like you know that I celebrate this, and they're not disrespectful at all. They're like, okay, he believes in the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you know, of course he's wrong. Um, but you know, it, Christians often feel the same way, right? Like, oh well, yeah, yeah, we believe exactly. this, Muslims so, yeah. believe this. But I'm just suggesting that this is still something that can be discussed and talked about. A lot of the discussion really revolves around this one particular passage in the Quran, Surah 4, 157. I quoted part of it earlier, saying that the Jews boast that they killed the Christ, but they killed him not. Uh, Allah raised him up to himself. The word that's used there for that idea of being raised is the same word that's being used there in 1933, where it's, uh, you know, that this idea of the day that I die. It could be translated uh, raised. It could be translated caused to die. And so that's where a lot of the ambiguity comes for the Muslim community is they're trying to figure out what does this word mean, this uh, tawafa, and I'll put the articles in the show notes so those of you that want to read it. What does that word mean? Does it mean cause to die or does it mean raised up uh, to God? Now, as far as the Christians are concerned, you know, do we believe that uh, Christ was raised up to God or caused to die by God? Well, according to Isaiah, yes. <laughs> I was going to say both. Right? I mean, so that's the thing. Can the Jews boast that they killed the Christ uh, according to Christian faith? Well, no, they can't because no one took Christ's life. He willingly laid it down, and it says it was the will of the Lord to crush him in Isaiah. So there is some, I think, things that could be discussed and talked about. I think they could be talked about openly. I don't think it necessarily has to be talked about and, uh, you know, I'm going to make my point and you got to, you know, accept either I'm right or you're wrong or we're going to walk away. Agree to disagree, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. There's, there's still <laughs> some stuff to discuss and to read and to consider um, on all sides of the argument. And I think that that's good. I don't think it has to be this dividing line. It doesn't mean that uh, Christians have to accept that, you know, uh, they believe that, that Christ didn't die, so we have to believe that too in order for us to get along. That's not what I'm saying. The Christian distinctive is important. Muslims have to deal with what they believe about Jesus because it is such an important thing to Christians, and the two of them can come together and at least explore ideas together. So I hope my Muslim friends aren't feeling like, oh, you're telling us that we're wrong. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just explaining that there is a variety of options that were available at one point. Those options aren't really available nowadays, and that's a huge question to ask. Yeah, and I think it's also great to be able just to ask your Muslim friends what they think about Jesus's death and resurrection. Cause I think that will just lead to a lot of conversation in itself. You know, Hey, what do you believe about Jesus? What do you, what do you know about Jesus? And they'll probably ask what, what, what do you think about Jesus? Cause they're probably just as uh, confused or uh, you know, want to know. So, no, I've always found that my Muslim friends are very fascinated when I tell them that I have access to the stories about how Jesus was able to give sight to the blind or cleanse the leper or those things like they, they want to hear them. They have a great affection for Jesus. And so, this idea that, okay, we can, you know, Muslims and Christians can be friends, let's just not talk about Jesus, I think is actually the the, the worst way to approach it. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> He's sort of the binding uh, bridge, in some ways, between Muslims and Christians. Now, of course, the death and resurrection of Jesus becomes uh, a point of uh, contention, but does it have to be? Can we discuss it openly in, you know, in some ways, agree to disagree? Um, or can we even discuss it in such a way where we explore even deeper the possibilities of uh, the different options that have been laid out historically that are no longer available? Right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, podcast. Um, I hope all of you have an amazing Easter that you guys get to reflect on the death and resurrection and uh, who our Lord and Savior is. Um, This is Howard. 
And Trevor, I want to say I hope you guys get to reflect about springtime as well. Because I think it's something really cool when you go through a season of like the fall where things are dying. Yeah, dormant. And everything is dormant. And then you start to see new growth happen. It's why we named our daughter Chloe. It means like new Mm. birth, new uh, life. And I love springtime uh, because of Easter and also because I feel like I'm getting to see this played out in all of... Uh, creation it's neat so happy Easter to all of you blessings and uh, glad you guys are listening keep listening